Welcome to the Star Trek Warp Top 10 Podcast. Hey, welcome back. I am your host, Phil Rizzo, and I'm back with another Top 10. We're going to jam it right in your space hole, yet again. A Top 10 from the world of Star Trek, from the universe of Star Trek, really. Um, flying solo again today. My buddy, my uh, fellow partner in crime, my uh, my old pal, Luke Boyle, is going to be uh, absent from the uh, festivities today. But, uh, you know, he'll be behind the scenes helping us out. Yet again. Um, yeah, so it's just me today. Um, I'm going to keep it emotional today. We're doing a, we're doing a top 10 uh, tearjerker moments. And what do you think about that? Top 10 tearjerker moments. Top 10 moments that made me kind of get a little, uh, get a little uh, teared up. Get a little uh, puffy behind the eyes. Get a little, um, just get a little emotional. Um, I, for one, am an emotional guy. I uh, I watch my TV shows, my movies, my I read my books. I uh, I kind of look at all that, all those art forms with a uh, passion. I try to anyway, um, and I get really invested in you know the stories. I get invested in the characters. I get invested in the plots. I get invested in everything, and I uh, I uh, I can cry. Let me tell you, I can I can cry with the best of them. I get uh, I get caught up and I get attached and I let loose with the tears. I try not to do it in front of people. I don't know why, but uh, but I, hey, I do it. Um, and you know, Star Trek, of course, is a uh, is a passion, and I love I uh, love watching it. I love uh, reading about it. I love you know everything about Star Trek. So obviously, I get really involved with the characters and with the show and with the movies. So yeah, so I thought it'd be interesting to think about um, you know when I was really sort of moved emotionally, and uh, yeah, I started thinking about. You know all the uh, all the episodes that really got to me, the movie moments that got to me. Um, movie moments, actually, I believe, is a pod that I'm going to do uh, coming up soon. Um, we're going to tackle top ten movie moments to give you a little little uh, tease. There, we're going to be doing that that pod soon. But uh, today, as I said, it's just me, and it's just top ten tearjerker moments. And uh, yeah, so listen, if you are uh, digging the pod, if you wanted to reach out, let us know how we're doing. Uh, please um, hit us up on uh, Twitter, Instagram, at STWARP10. Tell us what's up. Tell us how we're doing. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Um, and thank you for listening. So uh, yeah, I am on season three of my Voyager refresh, which is really fun. Um, enjoying that. Skipping over the episodes I've seen a bunch of times and rewatching the episodes that I've only seen a couple times, um, or even once. So, so I'm digging that. Um, you know, I just watched the Warlord episode where Kess is taken over by that alien Warlord. Wow, that was uh, not a great episode. That was the only really, you know, uh, low point so far in my refresh. So, looking forward to seeing more episodes from Voyager season three, and then uh, moving on to season four. Slowly approaching that Enterprise rewatch. That's going to be exciting. You know, I've only seen it once, and I've never seen season four, so I'm very much looking forward to watching Enterprise. Um, that's going to be fun. Um, so really looking forward to that. Looking forward to the rest of my Voyager refresh, and I'm going to check out Prodigy at some point. I know it's a kid show, I know, but it's got Star Trek in it, so I got to check it out. Um, you know, I've never actually mentioned this either, but 
Maybe I did. I don't know. But I definitely do want to check out Star Trek the Animated Series at some point, too. I know a lot of you original series fans listening were probably like, dude, come on. You still haven't seen the original series and you've never mentioned the animated series? Um, if you're fans of that, I apologize. And I uh, I want to check that out. Um, that's something that I'm going to tackle after I finish the original series. Makes sense. I think so. Um, yeah. So, um as I said before, to choose today's top 10 list, I kind of um, just thought in my head, hey, what were some great episodes that got me a little choked up, that got me emotionally invested more than other episodes? So I thought about that. And then, of course, I went through every episode just, you know, on IMDb. I just went through the episode lists and said, oh, okay, that one, let me think about it. Oh, yeah, of course, you know, this one, that one. So, uh, and then I tackled the movies and I said, okay, what, you know, which movies hit me, hit me right in the heart? Um, and uh, which ones did I kind of want to, want to talk about, put on my list. As usual, um, this list could change a month from now, a year from now, a week from now. You could ask me, hey, man, what sh- what show or TV, uh, what, sorry, what TV show or movie got you really, really choked up? I could, uh, I could tell you something different. Uh, maybe when I'm watching The Voyagers again, I'll, uh, I'll be like, oh, wow, that was, I forgot about that one. Man, that was a good episode. Um, maybe that'll be on my list if you ask me again. But for today, right now, top 10 tearjerker moments and, uh, yeah, let's start off with, uh, you know, let's start off with number 10. Huh? What, do you th- what do you think? Let's do number 10. All right, so number 10, top 10 Star Trek tearjerker moments. The Visitor. Look, the DS9 Season 4 episode, The Visitor. Uh, so this, you know, I've talked about this episode a lot. I think it's a great episode. Um, it will be on a lot of lists, um, as a lot of these great episodes and, and great movie, um, you know, things will. Oh, and you know, I should say also, I, I didn't, I didn't invoke any uh, parrot sketch not included clause here. Uh, you know, everything that really got me choked up, I threw it in there, and you'll see what I mean by that when I get to the end of my list, because um, there's some heavy hitters at the end. So, you know, I, I'm sure you'll agree that they at least belong on somebody's list. Um, definitely mine, maybe yours. So, so yeah, so so number ten, visitors, an episode that I'll talk about a lot, and you know, it, it, just a quick reminder, it's the one where, you know. Uh, uh, ben, uh, Captain Cisco sort of gets, uh, you know, taken away from Jake right in front of his eyes in that, uh, weird, you know, uh, sci-fi anomaly, blah, 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 you know, whatever. So he gets, he gets taken away and then Jake sees him reappear at random intervals throughout his life. Um, or not so random really, as it turns out, but, uh, you know, the boy losing his father at a young age and then he gets older and blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm not going to ruin it for you if you haven't seen it. Really check it out. I've told you before, The Visitor. But at multiple points, this really hit me. You know, um, Tony Todd as an older Jake Sisko, man, his performance was so tender. Um, I think he was on my uh, top 10 guest stars uh, pod. Uh, choices. So, you know, good for Tony Todd. And I think, uh, good good for Tony Todd. Hey, thank God you made some dude you never heard of's list. That's good job, Tony. Um, so, uh, so he did a, he did a really, really great job. He played it so, um, like I said, so tenderly with such heart, so gently, such a gentle performance. Um, and he was really emotional and, you know, and just him, you know, talking about how he lost his father at a young age and how he couldn't deal with it. And then losing him again and again over and over, your heart just, well, I should say my heart just sort of went out to him. You know, it, it's, it was, there were some really touching moments, especially at the end when, um, you know, Cisco comes back for the quote unquote last time and, uh, you know, and realizes that Jake is going to kind of, you know, 
I guess spoilers. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how else to do this without spoiling it. So spoilers all over the place in this pod. Sorry. And Jake makes the ultimate sacrifice, you know, for his younger self. You know, just talking about how he couldn't. The that boy needs his father. You know, he's so many years later. Uh, he he had to uh, he had to make that ultimate sacrifice. It was really touching. Really touching. Gets me every time. Uh, not just that last moment either, but a lot of moments throughout the episode. If you haven't seen this episode, watch this episode. I feel like it's one of those ones that you can just watch. If you're not a Star Trek fan, even. Um, you could just watch The Visitor and be moved by it, I think. Um, you know, that remains to be seen, I suppose. Maybe I'll maybe I'll show a non-Trek fan the episode and see what they think. Maybe they'll slap me in the face. I don't know. Lord knows I deserve it for other reasons. So, that's my number 10. The Visitor. Great episode. Uh, number 9. The death of Jadzia Dax. So, when I first thought about putting this on the list, it didn't really... I was like, ah, yeah, that was a touching moment, of course. And, you know, I was upset that Jadzia died. But, spoiler, um, again, that's the last time I'm saying it, but there's spoilers all over the place. So, if you don't want to get spoiled by any deaths or emotional scenes, stop listening now. Um, watch Star Trek for, you know, five, ten years, and then come back, listen to this pod. I'll still be here, I promise. So, the death of Jadzia, at first, I didn't really think it was going to make the top ten. As a matter of fact, it, it wasn't until very recently, even like tonight, <laughs> I was thinking about something else was on there, and I'll throw out that honorable mention uh, later if I remember, but this was tough. I really liked Terry Farrell. I really liked Jadzia. I mean, everybody did. I'm not saying anything groundbreaking here. Everyone kind of liked it. I mean, maybe they didn't. I don't know. Maybe you hated Jadzia. Hey, Tell us why. If you didn't like Jadzia, hit us up and say, dude, you're way off track, man. She was terrible. So that's fine. That's your opinion. Um, I accept that. I like Jadzia. I like the idea of Dax. You know I like Trills. They were number one on my species list. So I think that's in- intriguing to begin with. You have that inherent, um, you know, intrigue, that inherent interesting quality of of any of the, the um, Trill characters. Uh, but Jadzia was the one we lived with the most. And... Uh, Man, when she died, you know, I didn't like the way she died. I thought it was kind of throwaway, very Armis killing Yar, right? Um, just kind of this throwaway death. Uh, I was really curious, actually, why they did it like that. I guess it made Ducat that much more sort of evil. It gave more weight to his, um, you know, evilness. I, I I don't know. I don't know why they did that. They really could have done it a lot better uh, with Jadzia. They could have made her die in battle, right? Like, why leave her back home? Um I guess I could research that a little more and read a little more into why they killed Jadzia that way. Um, I know they weren't bitter that Terry Farrell, I don't think they were bitter any that Terry Farrell wanted to, you know, move on and do different things. I mean, she had played Jadzia for six years. I don't think it's unreasonable that some of these actors, or writers even for that matter, um, you know, producers, anyone working on a show this long, I don't think it's unreasonable that they want to kind of branch out and do other things. I never watched Becker. My father was a Becker fan. He liked that. He liked Ted Danson and he liked, um, you know, Terry Fallon. He, he was he was a fan of that show. So I never watched it, but I heard it was pretty good from uh, from my father. So maybe she, maybe she just wanted to do something different. So no harm there. Didn't affect my emotional reaction when she died. Um, and the moment, you know, of course, when I really got choked up was when they all come back from the mission you know, they walk in a sick bay and, you know, Bashir's there. He's got the, you know, the, the the weird red surgeon's outfit on, which I guess they always wear in the future now. And, you know, he played that really well. So he's saying, you know, I managed to save the Dax Symbian. And again, these are paraphrased too. Don't don't quote me exactly on any of this stuff, but he managed to save the Dax Symbian, but there was nothing he could do for Jadzia. And they're all shocked. Like, you know, um, uh, Akira, 
you know, Nana, the visitor, had a great uh, moment. Tears in her eyes. You know, she's really playing it well. Cisco's so sad. Um, you know, they're all just sort of dumbfounded, just just sort of, you know, standing there. So that combined with, you know, the moment Worf and Jadzia had at the end where Worf, you know, screams, he cries, uh, you know, for his, his wife. Um, who was a warrior? That was so fitting. That was so perfect. That he um, he let Stovacor know that there was a warrior coming. So so touching. I love that. Uh, really, really got to me. Um, you know, didn't want to see Jadzia go, but uh, you know, I, th- I thought they did a pretty good job of sending her off. Uh, hit me with the right the right way. So uh, you know, hey, good for you, D Space Nine peeps. Um, that was number nine. That was Jadzia. Goodbye. Number eight. Um, Nepenthe. That was the Picard episode. I should say the episode of Picard in which he reunited with uh, Troy and Riker, right? I mean, not much to say here. You know, I mean, when when Picard walks up and, you know, Troy, you know, Troy is just there, just so happy to see him. Like, there's no, like, build up. It's just these old friends who haven't seen each other for years. And, you know, there's that real life gap that we share with them, you know, like it's been, you know, whatever, 20 something years since, you know, we saw them together in, uh, you know, the final episode of, of next gen, um, final episode of next gen. Mm. Will we see that later on the list? Phil, no one cares. Stop doing that. All right, I'll stop. Spoiler alert. It's on the list. So yeah. So the final episode of next gen is the last time we saw these characters together. And, uh, and, you know, just, just seeing them just reunited, like, alone would have been touching enough, you know. But the, the way they all played it, it was just such such a sincere happiness, such a warmth that they all sort of played, you know, the, the, the actors and the characters, you know. So, so the actors did a great job. You know, Patrick Stewart, hello. The guy could act. Um, but Marina Sirtis and uh, Jonathan Frakes did a great job, too. You know, they, true to character, right? Like, Troy embraces him the same way that, you know, she would have, you know, 20-something years earlier. Um, Riker is more, you know, jovial, more, hey, you know, what's happening? Oh, it's so good to see you. You know, we're, we're, you know, Troy's already half crying, you know. So very true to the characters. Just great to see them reunited. Immediately give him, you know, shelter. Immediately give him protection uh, without even thinking about it, without, without a moment's pause. Um, get you. Get you right there. And, uh, you know, when I say there, I'm, I'm pointing at my heart because you can't see that. Uh, but that's where I'm pointing. Um, where I think my heart is, I guess it's right sort of in the middle of my chest and a little to the left. That's kind of what you think, you know, um, Buffy, the vampire slayer sort of taught me exactly where the heart is. And I think it's a little lower than I was pointing, you know, it's sort of middle, lower left, I guess. I don't think that's really accurate, but that's where they stake the vampires. So, uh, you know, if I'm ever staking a vampire, that's where I'm aiming. And if I get eaten, I get eaten. What are you going to do? Um, what are you talking about? So yeah, that that moment really got me in um in uh you know the Picard show. Uh, you know a lot of moments in that show really hit me hard. You know I, what almost made the list also was uh, the final episode that we talked about a lot. Luke and I discussed when uh you know Data, um Picard gets like say goodbye to Data properly, um and I guess vice versa. You know Data sort of says goodbye to Picard too, even though it's not really him. Um. So Picard did a good job. You know I guess the fact that. Patrick Stewart is so, um, you know, just so up there. He's just aging. You know, he's such a sympathetic character to begin with on that show. You kind of cannot cannot help but empathize or sympathize with a character, um, you know, in his 80s, you know, 
an octogenarian, as they say, as some people say. I didn't know what that meant until I saw The Simpsons. Um, but they taught me that word. Thank you, Simpsons. Um, yeah, I'm going to take a lot of right and lefts here, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm going to sort of detour off, and I'm not going to go too far. I'm not going to stray too far today. I'm going to try to keep it keep it brief, keep it light. Um, but, uh, you know, that's how my mind works. When I say octogenarian, I don't know why I'm saying it until I say it, and then I go, oh, I said that because I learned that from The Simpsons. And that's why I say it to you, so you can sort of understand my useless madness as it is, as it were, as you were, as I was. Here we go. So, that was number eight, Nepenthe. Love seeing these characters get back together. Love it. Um, Built-in emotionality. All they had to do was look at each other, and I would have been choked up. Um, But they hugged, and I like that. So, yeah, that was my number eight. So, let's see. Number seven. We're going to get specific here. Number seven is The Offspring. Um, No, no, not the 90s band. It is The Offspring, the season three next-gen episode in which Data creates his own daughter, um, Lal. This was a really interesting episode. Uh, It's actually part of the little Joe DiMaggio streak that I mentioned in the previous uh, pod when I talked about um, the best seasons of Trek ever. Uh, So this was right in the middle of that run. Uh, The Offspring was a great episode, uh, packed with emotionality, right? I, you know, I, I did not look up the actress who played uh, Lal. I'll, uh, I'll have that for you next episode. I promise we'll do that as part of housekeeping. But she was amazing. Um, and the Admiral. The Admiral who was on the show as well. If you know the episode I'm talking about, then you kind of know what I'm getting at when I talk about uh, the actress who played Lal and the actor who played the Admiral. Um, the Admiral who came to take his daughter away, Data's daughter away. Um, and then sort of realized he could not do that because it was just uh, it was wrong. It was just morally wrong. Of course, Picard knew that. And Data knew that. But Data was ready to give her up because, you know, right, no emotions. But Lal, by some fluke, um, you know, she ended up having emotions. We That's a that's certainly a, a point we're going to talk about at some point. I don't know how she just spontaneously had emotions and Data never tried to recreate that. But she had emotions and it really made the moment I'm about to talk about emotional. So, you know, um, something starts going wrong with Data's daughter, this android that he created from nothing. And um, the Admiral, who I guess is an expert in cybernetics, um, I think that's why he was appointed to uh, come on the Enterprise and deal with this. Him and Data just work together to try to save Lal, and they can't do it. Um, And the Admiral comes out, you know, much like a doctor coming out of the operating room to tell the family that, you know, their loved one didn't make it. So he comes out and he says, you know, we, 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 we tried, we did everything we could. Again, paraphrasing, I'm sorry, but... There's a moment where he looks at his hands and he, I think he, I think he looks at his hands and he says, you know, he was, oh, I'm sorry, he was talking about Data. And at one point, Data's hands were moving so fast, trying to keep up with every, um, you know, uh, network connection or whatever that, 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 that was failing, um, in his daughter's quote unquote positronic brain, his, you know, her brain. He was trying to keep up so fast that his hands were moving so fast that the Admiral couldn't see them moving anymore. Um, and he was, he was moved by that. So you're moved by that. I'm moved by that. You know, that was a really touching moment. And then, of course, you know, at the end when they cut to, you know, Data talking to Lala, she's sort of fading away. And she says, you know, um, I love you, Father. And, yeah, it's, she says it in a robotic way. And, uh, you know, you shouldn't, it shouldn't work, but it does, you know, like you're, you're caught up, you're invested, you know, at least I am. Again, I say we or you referring to viewers, but really I'm talking about myself. I was caught up. I was invested in that. You know, I love you, father. And data says, you know, after a pause, he says, I wish I could 
something like, I wish I could feel it with you or something. And she sort of says, I will feel it for both of us. Thank you for my life. Thank you for my life. That really got me. Um, it got me again when I watched it again tonight to sort of, you know, remember the dialogue, you know, and, uh, I'm getting choked up watching, like, just, you know, I just cut right to the, uh, scene and it still gets me, man. Great job. Um, you know, the music, the framing, the camera work and the two actors, obviously Brent Spiner, amazing job. Um, and again, I'll have the other actress's name for you, uh, next pod, I promise. So, uh, yeah, I mean, great moment there. Great moment. The Offspring. Great episode. You know, maybe not one you could watch if you've never seen Star Trek before, but I think any Trek fans pretty much know what I'm talking about, especially next-gen fans. Touching moment there. Good job. That was my number seven. All right, moving on. Number six. So my number six is from Voyager. Um, we got a couple from Voyager on this list. So this is Voyager A Year of Hell Part 2. It's a, it's a quick moment, but um, I really like what they did with it. So... The Year of Hell two-part episode, Voyager's getting its fucking ass kicked, you know, both episodes. Um, you know, the time ship, um, you know, they're 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 beating the shit out of Voyager, trying to, you know, they got their own thing going on. I won't go into the plot too much, but the moment when they finally have to abandon ship, Tuvok and Janeway on on, on the bridge, and uh again, if I get a couple details here wrong, you know, don't 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 kill me, but uh they're the last ones on the bridge. And Janeway's trying to explain to a Vulcan why an emotional attachment to a ship is important, you know, and why it's important to her. And Tuvok kind of says, hey, look, you know, that's your thing, but I'm with you. Live long and prosper. And he gives her the Vulcan sign. You know, and she just so gently grabs his, doesn't grab it, grab, grabs his face and says, I love you. No, he, she very gently, you know, sort of uh, touches his face. And says something like, you know, I'll miss you, my friend, or something. And then she pulls him in for a hug, you know. And you think it's just a quick, you know, moment. But then, like, he puts his hand on, on her shoulder, like on her back, to sort of, you know, embrace her as well. In you know, in, in even just a little bit. And Vulcans aren't supposed to do that, man. Like, they're not supposed to, you know, get caught up. But, like, the, the gravity of the moment just got to him too and then it cuts back to her and she she's like holy shit and uh you know she hugs him even even close even tighter you know just a powerful moment man just a powerful character voyager moment you know i I say powerful because you know it wasn't even the climax of the episode it was just a quick little moment they decided to have with janeway and tuvok they didn't have to do it there they could have done it in the final episode they could have done it you know, um, so in the in a season finale, thing. but man, what a great time to to to. And I say develop the characters, but really, like it gets erased, right? If I remember correctly, so really, these aren't these are like sort of what if? It's like Marvel what if, right? It's like Voyager what if? What if the crew went through this and you know they had to deal with it? Um, it it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It was still a great moment, um, between between those two characters, and 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 it really hit me, um. Tuvok, man. I, Tim Russ, you know, I, I think he did a great job. I, you know, we haven't talked about we haven't talked about a lot of the characters or actors from Trek or writers or you know, we'll get to everybody. I assume at some point, um, but we haven't mentioned Tim Russ yet. Um, great job, love Tuvok, one of the best characters on Voyager. Um, I think he did a lot with sort of a tired character, right? A, a, a tired, tired species, I should I should say. 
I mean, uh, Leonard Nimoy did it all. So tough shoes to fill, you know, whether it's Jolene Blaylock or whether it's Tim Russ. I thought Tim Russ did a great job. You know, he he went he went more stoic, right, than Leonard Nimoy was. Like he 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 went hardcore with Vul- the you know the Vulcan tradition, the Vulcan way, um, because uh, you know that's kind of how you had to go, right. So Data was always looking for emotions, you know. Um, the Doctor on his show was always looking for emotions. Odo was always looking to be not necessarily more human, but certainly he desired to fit in, whether he admitted it or not. Tuvok hadn't want nothing to do with it. He Tuvok was like, "No, I'm a Vulcan. Deal with it." You know, I, I don't want to be more human. I I despise some qualities of humanity. I don't want to be that mirror for humanity um now whether that was a decision by tim russ because robert picardo as the doctor was already pursuing that or whether he just decided to take the vulcan character in a different way a different you know um direction i I think it's a great idea you know i feel like it's largely what um dr salar did on next gen in the brief time that she was on there i'm sorry about the actress i know she also played kayless um uh, so I have Susie Plaxton. Hello, Susie Plaxton. That was her name. Um, who also played, uh, you know, the female Q and she played, uh, Kayla's, uh, Worf's lover. Um, so yeah, so she decided to play that pretty hardcore too. And that actually continued in the new frontier novels. If you never read those, those are great. Peter David, we talked about him before. So that character was, you know, the primary doctor on, uh, the Excalibur and, you know, the, um, Kudos for Dave, Peter David for taking what Susie Plaxton did on Next Gen and sort of making that a, a character trait. So, uh, wow, let's let's bring that back for anybody who has no clue what I'm talking about at this point. So the point is, Tim Russ and Susie Plaxton decided to play the Vulcans more hardcore than uh, Leonard Nimoy did, and a little more hardcore than all of these other reflections of humanity did. Brent Spiner, Robert Picardo, and um, to a lesser extent, René Abergenois. So, here we are. It all pays off, right? It all pays off in these Tuvok moments because because he played it so hardcore, when he does let his guard down, it hits you harder, right? Um, uh, works for me. Works for me. Uh, great job, Tim Russ. We will talk about him a lot. I'm sure we'll talk about Tuvok again. And uh, that that really, really hit me hard. Um, good moment there. Great job. Um, you know, Kate Mulgrew as well. Great job. So that was, what was that? That was my number six. Number five, What You Leave Behind. Um, Series finale, Deep Space Nine. But the specific moment that got me was the flashback montage. It was something that could seem really cheesy on another show or really cheap or really an easy way out on another show. But I feel like, again, we've talked about the finale before, at least I did, um, with so much to tie up, they still wanted to give us that emotional punch um and was interesting because it wasn't like the last part of the episode you know it wasn't like the sign-off uh you know the final emotional moment they did this and then they kept going with the plot which was really interesting um but i love the way they did it so you know they they touch on all the if you haven't seen it final episode of d space nine like i said and at some point they touch on all of the character relationships that were really prevalent or predominant, I should say, in in the series as a whole. So they give you all of the great Bashir, not all of the great, but they give you some good Bashir O'Brien moments. And they sort of wrap up those characters with that. They give you a lot of the great Odo and Kira moments. You know, um, these sort of not black and white, but sort of 
discolored flashbacks. Um, flashback montage, like I said. So a lot of their great moments, a lot of their greatest hits, if you will. So you get a lot of the Kira Odo moments, a lot of the O'Brien Bashir moments, a lot of the Jake and his dad and Cisco moments. Um, and you got a lot of the uh, Quark moments. And then, interesting choice, a lot of the Worf and uh, Esri moments. I guess they couldn't use Terry Farrell's likeness without her permission. I don't know if she didn't get... I should say, I'm not sure whether or not she gave her permission. I'm not sure if that was what it was, or if they just wanted to include Nicole DeBoer, who was a regular on the show for the seventh season. So they just wanted to... So it was pretty much just, you know, Worf and Esri paired up. O'Brien and Bashir, Odo and Kira, Jake and uh, uh, Benjamin, and Quark. Um, they probably could have gone Quark and Odo, too. That would have been interesting. I'm not sure if Odo was in any of his flashbacks. I don't think so. Here's the point. Uh, great music. Great moments. Um, a great way to just, you know, sign off in an emotional way from the show. Um, they had a couple moments at the very end of the show that got to me too. You know, Jake sort of longingly looking, longingly looking, um, you know, out the, out the window at where the wormhole is, um, you know, missing his dad and, uh, you know, Kira sort of walking up to him and just, you know, putting her head on his shoulder, uh, you know, touching moments, uh, Quark sort of feeling the fact that, uh, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Good moments in that episode. But the episode, the moment that really got me was the, you know, the like I said, the flashback montage. Really got me hard. I really was, I wanted that. I wanted that in the finale. I want to get choked up when I watch these, these series finales. You know, I, I, I want to cry a little. I do. I'm not ashamed to admit that. You know, I kind of want to get it. I want to feel that. I want to be moved. Um, and that part did it for me. At least to the tune of mine, number five. So that was a great moment. I like that. Um, you know, if you've seen that episode, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Maybe it didn't work for you. Maybe you saw it as sort of a yeah, cheap device. Maybe you didn't hate it, but maybe it didn't get to you. Got to me. So, awesome. Number four. This got to me big time. So another Voyager. We're going to go message in a bottle. Um, I've mentioned this episode before. For many reasons, uh, you know, it's the episode I mentioned it when uh, Andy Dick was on my guest stars top ten. I believe I uh, mentioned it multiple times after that. So anyway, this is the episode of Voyager season four, where you know Voyager finally made contact with the Alpha Quadrant. You know, most of the episode is not emotional. Most of the episode is um, you know tense, frantic, funny. Um, you know, a uh, little thrilling here and there. Uh, very cool, as I brought up, um, you know, the Prometheus in my ship designs pod. Um, love seeing that prototype. So, yeah. So, but the part that got me, you may have guessed it by this point, is when the Doctor gets beamed back through the Herogen network, I want to say. And, um, you know, it's Janeway, uh, Chakotay, and Tuvok who come into sickbay to greet him. And, I mean, you could see it on Janeway's face. Like, she is just, what a great, great, great performance by Kate Mulgrew in this scene. Um, you know, they all did a good job here, especially Robert Picardo and Kate Mulgrew. Um, she comes back and she's, you know, Dr. Report. And you you could just sense that she just, she she's glad the doctor's back and safe, but she just, did you contact, you know, the Federation? Did you contact the Alpha Quadrant? Did you contact, you know, our only link to to what we perceive as home? And the doctor, you know, sort of says, yeah, I, uh, I did it. 
you know, and she's like, you, you completed the mission? He's like, yeah, I, I, you know, spoke directly with, with, uh, you know, he mentions he, he turned the tables on the Romulans, blah, blah, blah. But he really talks about how he, uh, spoke with, with Starfleet, you know, directly. And, you know, he, and he sort of says, I, uh, I told him everything that's happened to this crew. And, uh, and, uh, you know, they said they'd notify your families and, you know, the, just the, 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 the emotional relief on all their faces, especially, you know, Janeway's face is just, you know, it, that would have been enough. But then the doctor says, and they asked me to relay a message, you know, to everybody, but really to Janeway. Um, you know, they asked me to tell you you're no longer alone. I mean, what a, oh, I'm a little choked up just saying it. You know, it's uh, what a, what a, uh, what an emotional moment, right? I mean, in a show that was really full of them. Um, I'm not saying, you know, they're all top 10. Clearly, clearly they're not. But, you know, this show, I was so invested in them getting home or even just the journey, just the journey. Just there's something, there was something really, really endearing about, you know, a group of people with one goal, one emotional goal, right? You have a group of people on all these other ships and they're exploring space and they're fighting a war. And it's, of course it's emotional, you know, you're, 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 you're trying to stay alive in a war or you're trying to do something no one's ever done before, right? Where no, no one's ever gone before. Um, so you're invested, but there's, there was something about the premise of Voyager that really sucked me in from the beginning, from that very first episode and from that speech that Janeway gave at the end of the very first episode, right? You know, we're, we're alone in an uncharted, oh, there you go, right? There's a nice little bookend. Um, dialogue-wise, um, to you know, the first episode, caretaker, to message in a bottle in the middle of season four, where they finally make contact with the Alpha Quadrant. You know, we're alone in an uncharted area of space. We've already met some friends and some enemies. You know, but we have one goal. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna massacre the quote, but suck me in from the start. So I'm waiting and waiting. And you had the Eye of the Needle episode. You know, where they almost made contact with the Alpha Quadrant, and then I did not spoil that episode. Um, on one of the pods, and I won't do it here because it's a great uh, ending. So I don't want to say anything else. Watch the episode "Eye of the Needle" season one. So anyway, that sort of you know gets you more emotionally invested. Um, and you know many points along the way where they get a little closer to home, or where they almost have a chance to get home, but they don't, or where they make the moral choice to not take the cheap way, not take the easy way out. But they finally did it. They didn't they didn't wait till the end of the goddamn series. You know, they didn't you know, you didn't have to wait till the very end to see Sam and Diane kiss or get together. You know, you they, they didn't uh you know, Ross and Rachel got together finally. Um, you know, not that I'm comparing the two, maybe I am, who knows. Obviously I'm a Cheers and Friends fan, but um they didn't wait too long. I thought it was a perfect amount of time till they finally gave you a little bit of that that satisfaction, a little bit of that emotional satisfaction. And they made contact with the Alpha Quadrant. Great moment. Great episode. I've said it so many times. Worth revisiting, even if just for Kate Mulgrew's performance in that final scene. Um, again, Robert Picardo was great too in that whole episode. Great, great performance by him. And Andy Dizek in that whole <laughs> episode. That is not my Andy Dick impression, okay? That's a bad impression of, I want to say, Nick Kroll doing an impression of Andy Dick on American Dad. Yep, you heard me. I'll say it again. That is my impression of Nick Kroll doing an impression of Andy Dick on American Dad. Um, and I'm not even sure that is where that's from, but I know he did that on there. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. Great episode. Number three, we're moving right on. 
look at this. Voyager again. Who knew, folks? Okay. And this, if you're a Voyager fan, you might be waiting for this one. I know uh, our good buddy Troy Leonard just uh, rewatched Voyager, uh, caught a couple episodes he'd never seen before, and he texted me about this particular episode in this particular moment, and it had to be on the list. Tuvok dances for Neelix. Yeah, I said that. I said Tuvok dances for Neelix. Now, when you think about the entirety of the Tuvok and Neelix relationship, uh, everything they've they've sort of gone through, they really, really did a good job of, uh, you know, sort of Neelix would be the guy to try to get the Vulcan to smile, try new things, to not be Vulcan. And the Vulcan, Tuvok was, was you know, rightfully just so annoyed by by Neelix. Um, I know a lot of fans were too, by the way. Side note. A lot of fans really found Neelix annoying. Uh, I did not. Um, was he too much at times? Sure. Who isn't? Especially early on in the series. But, I mean, he really came into his own, I thought. And I like the way Ethan Phillips played the character. He could have been one note, one dimensional. I don't think he was. I think Neelix was oftentimes uh, sort of the obvious heart of the show. Um, you know, he was the reminder in a lot of episodes that this was, you know, a crew lost and he was constantly trying to bring them together. I think a morale officer is not such a horrible job, uh, not such a horrible um, idea. Um, again, I could totally see if you found it annoying and you just, you know, weren't a crazy fan of all that stuff. So I get it. But, uh, I, I was in on, I was all in on Neelix from the start. FYI. Anyway, so Neelix was constantly pestering Tuvok, you know, here, this and that. Tuvok, from what I can remember, never showed any outward display of respect or affection until this moment, right? Um, I'm pretty sure... This was something that he knew. Uh, Neelix, in this episode, sort of said, "I'm gonna before this crew gets home." Again, paraphrasing. I did not rewatch the entire episode. Um, I just rewatched the moment. But I'm pretty sure at the beginning of the episode, he mentioned something about like, "I will get you to dance by the end of our journey home," or something, you know. And um, I guess when Neelix decided to leave the ship, um, again, I'm not sure why Ethan Phillips decided to leave or the producers decided to put him off the ship a couple episodes before the finale i thought that was kind of weird but um emotionally it worked so you know it's a great moment uh neelix is turbo lift opens and they've done this before on star trek and on a lot of other shows um the west wing for one that i can think of so uh the turbo lift opens and neelix walks out and there's the whole crew right giving him a nice little nice little um a moment where they're all just sort of standing out of respect for him leaving. And he walks down down the uh, turbo, sh- uh, down the um, the hall, and, uh, you know, we get to all of our main players, of course, and, you know, everybody's there in Paris and Jay Wayne, they're all there. And there's no, there's no hugging everybody. There's no, I'll miss you most of all, Scarecrow. There's no, none of that. You know, he just sort of looks at all of them. Great job by Ethan Phillips in this episode. Great job. Um, and he, you know, looks at all of them, gives them all a look. And then just as he's ready to leave, Tuvok stops him. Tuvok, Mr. Neelix. And, Tuvok, and uh, Neelix turns around, and Tuvok looks down at his feet, and he sort of sticks his one foot out, and he sort of moves it back and forth, you know, just sort of indicate, I'm dancing for you. This is, this is, you you got to me. You know, you got to me. This is what I'm going to do out of respect for you. This is my tribute to you and everything you've done on this ship, you know, for everybody. Man, did that work. Man, that that got to me, man. And it got to Troy, you know, and he he, he texted me about it. And he said, hey, you know, oh, man, what a moment. Um, you know, I don't know, I, I don't remember exactly what he wrote, but he, he was moved by it as well. And, 
you know, Troy's not somebody who cries like like like, like a wuss like I do. Um, and look, I'm not calling people who cry wusses, um, but I think it's funny when I say that about myself. So that's what I say about myself. But uh, hey, cry on, baby. Um, so I know Troy does not get emotional like I do about things, but that moment got to him just like it got to me. Um, validation, validation that I sorely need. Um, so I got that. So thank you. Uh, thank you, Troy. And, uh, thank you, Tuvok. And thank you, Neelix. Awesome moment. Um, loved it. Loved everything about it. Wasn't crazy about the episode. Wasn't crazy about why he was leaving, but I guess that sort of speaks more to the success of that moment. That the fact that I didn't even like the episode, but that moment hit me. Number three. Good job. Tuvok dances for Neelix. All right, here we go, guys. Number two, um, don't worry. Don't worry. I'm going to hit you with, the, with the, big, the big guns now, okay? You ready? Here they come. Number two, next generation series finale, all good things. Okay, yeah. So this, this, uh, sh- this episode was, was, was overrun with uh, moments that could have gotten you fired up. Um, you know, just Picard, um, you know, 25 years in the future, you know, um, reconnecting with Data, with Jordy, um, him just being an old man, feeling for him. I mean, it's sort of, you know, um, foreshadowing of what was going to happen in Picard the series, right? You know, this, this is Picard that we sympathize with back in, uh, you know, the next gen series finale. So it could have been that moment. Could have been the moment where he convinces the, you know, 1987 170, uh, you know, Enterprise D to, um, just give their lives, um, because of that, you know, speech where he says, I know this is the finest, you know, crew in the fleet, and I would trust any of you with my life. And without question, Data and Yar and I think O'Brien was O'Brien on the bridge. I think he was. They all just kind of say, All right, I guess we're going to die for this guy. Great speech. <laughs> Good job. You know, uh, that's, that's all it took. You know, a quick little, uh, halftime speech and we're, uh, we're dead. Um, I guess that's what it means to be in, uh, Starfleet. I guess that's why, I, that's why I'm not in Starfleet. Um, cause they are better people than I. Um, could have been that moment. Wasn't. Could have been the moment where Q, you know, we realized Q is giving him a little, uh, giving him a little, little leg up. Um, you know, nope, wasn't it? It was the, the, the moment, you know, it's the moment. It's the moment at the end when Picard finally busts in on the poker game after everything they've been through, after seven years, after, you know, so many missions, after this final episode where he's traveling back and forth through time and his faith in his friends and his faith in his crew and his faith in what he believes in, in Starfleet and the universe has been um, completely justified in the acts of the people around him. He finally takes that leap, the leap he never took to, you know, stop distancing himself from, from the crew. You know, he, he, they're his friends, you know, he, he, he knows that, you know, but he just never let himself, never let his guard down. He's the captain. Finally, after seven years and everything they've been through, he walks into the poker room and they're shocked. They're like, yo, what are you doing here? Put the booze away. It's the captain. And, uh, he sits down, you know, and, uh, just plays cards with him. You know, I, uh, I should have done this a long time ago. Great moment. Uh, great job, Patrick Stewart. You know, Troy, you, you were always welcome. And then w- what a great way to end the series, right? Just a simple five-card stud. Nothing wild, of course. You know Picard don't do wilds. Um, I wouldn't imagine Data does either. Riker? Probably. I know he's hardcore poker, but I guarantee he's throwing, you know, deuces or wild, one-eyed jacks, suicidal kings. Wild. Um, not Picard. 
five-card stud, nothing wild, and the sky's the limit. And that's it. Boom. Great circular pullout off the table, off the saucer section. Boom. End of a series. End of an era. End of an amazing show. Um, great job. One of the best series finales of all time. I've said that. Maybe the best. Luke and I have talked about that before. Um, so it's amazing. Great job. Great moment. Get choked up every single time I watch it. I got choked up again one hour ago when I revisited it just to make sure I had the poker hand right, just the poker uh, dealer's choice right. Um, so I, I didn't. I, I don't remember what I don't remember what it was, uh, but it was. Uh, had to look it up. Five card stud, nothing wild. Great job. Uh, gets me every time. Um, <clears throat> hey, I hope it gets you. I hope you know. Before I get to my number one, I, you know, I, I hope that people. Especially uh, people listening to this, I hope they they get invested like I do. You know, I guess if you're listening to this pod, if you're listening to other Star Trek pods, if you're listening to you know podcasts about you know any shows you're into, whether it be uh, you know Doctor Who, The Simpsons, Seinfeld, X Files, um, you know a- anything, I hope you're as into it as I am. I hope you find that you know uh, fulfillment that I do in watching these shows and reading these books and you know in uh watching these movies and listening to th- these songs you know it's 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 a special thing you know it's the reason why I, I i can't wait to talk about these things it's the reason why i can't wait to to you know move on to the next thing i you know it's the reason why i can't wait to catch that next moment it doesn't have to be star trek thankfully it often is thankfully this thing that i love so much gives me those moments so often and that's all that that's all that we could really ask you know what i mean like I, you know i'm not one to to tear down, you know, people or artistic endeavors that fail at what they're trying to do. I, I, I'll poke fun. I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll make fun of things. You know, we'll, we'll joke, hide and cue and such, you know, whoever directed or wrote that episode, I'm sorry. I'm not tearing you down. I'm not. Um, it just didn't work for me. You know, it didn't work. It worked for Luke. Um, he put it on his, I think it was number one in his greatest things of all time. Top 10. Uh, it's, I think that's what it was. Um, so, you know, shame on him. But um, he he clearly liked it more than I did. So it kind of worked more for him than it worked for me. Um, you know, long story short, watch these things, you know, with the intention of finding that moment that moves you. I think that's why we pay attention to art. It's the why, it's why I do, 100%. And any of my close, close friends or family, uh, we've talked about this before, and they know that, you know, I, I, I live for the next moment. I live for the next thing that's going to move me. Uh, moving doesn't always have to be, you know, with tears. <laughs> um, you could just sort of appreciate a moment. You could just capture a moment in your head or when you see it in a movie, TV show, read it in a comic or a book, hear it in a song or a poem. And uh, Jesus Christ, am I, I'm going on and on. I'm sorry. Uh, but this is clearly important to me. And I started by saying, I hope it's important to you. I hope you find these lists um, interesting because you are into it as much as I am. Um, I hope I hope so. Um, either way, I appreciate you listening to me um, talk about something that's important to me. So, uh, hey, thank you so much. Let's, without further ado, number one, number one, number one. Yeah, it's got to be. Spock dies, right? Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Spock gives his life for his crew. And if you know this pod, you know I've talked about this moment before. And, you know... Not to just, you know, revisit it, you know, uh, in complete detail, but I didn't know, I didn't know shit about Star Trek when I saw this for the first time. I didn't know shit about it. 
I was pissed. I was pissed that I was going to church. I was pissed. I was pissed that I was going to church. <laughs> no offense, God, um, Jesus, gods, um, whatever God you believe in. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mean to insult you, but, uh, I didn't want to go to church that day. I'm walking out the door. It's 11 o'clock on a Sunday. The sun's out. I want to go play hockey. I want to go play. I want to go play something. Um, and I catch my dad's watching Star Trek on HBO. Um, <clears throat> and I stopped for a second. I just, I don't know what made me stop. I had no interest in Star Trek at, up to that point. And uh, I start watching it. And it's it's the moment where Spock, I think, is like he just opened the whatever it was, the the lid to the radiation. And <clears throat> for some reason I'm caught up. I don't know if it's the shiny lights or whatever. But then he dies. And Shatner's there and Nimoy's there. And you know, it's that moment, you know, on either side of the glass. And I'm just, man, I'm just I'm I'm getting choked up. I'm a kid who was just pissed. And I look at the TV and, you know, five minutes later I'm I'm getting teary-eyed at these characters I don't know. That's how powerful that moment was. And again, I've mentioned this before, and I apologize for reiterating it, but it must have been so powerful for all of you out there who have seen the original series and who, you know, lived with Kirk and Spock uh, for so many years. And Bones, of course, who was in that scene as well. And Scotty's in the scene. And I mean, wow, like what a moment. What a, um, a great performance. You don't usually hear this. You know, what a great performance by William Shatner. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, the, you know, the, the guy can act. Like when he wants to, he can act. When he's not being a caricature of himself, he can act, okay? He really can. Um, I believe that. Uh, and he brought it here. He brought it here. You know, it, was it a little over the top still? Maybe, but Spock died, man. Like even I knew you still needed to bring that. Um, but Leonard Nimoy was his usual, you know, reserved yeah, that's inherent in the character. I get that. But he still played it how he played it. Man, well done. The raspy voice. I don't think I ever mentioned that, man. That really got to me. You know, Jim, you know, ship out of danger. Come on. Come on, man. Uh, gets me every time. What a great moment. Um, And you know what? Like, obviously, I couldn't include the Star Trek Beyond. I'm sorry, the Star Trek Into Darkness moment here because there's no comparison folks i get that i get that there's no comparison i know but i'd be lying if i said i did not get choked up in that moment as well maybe it's because i'm revisiting the kirk spock moment in my mind from star trek 2 but uh, probably not it's probably just it gets you those moments get you but this one did um how could the death of spock not be the number one tearjerker moment of star trek in in my mind there's, there's no question um Hey, if you're saying to yourself, dude, how did you leave this out? How did you not say this? You know, how was this not your number one? Um, hey, let me know what that is. I would I would love to know what you thought um, of my list. I would love to know what your list is. I'd love to know what your number one tearjerker moment in Star Trek was. And hey, again, if this isn't something you care about, but you stuck with me through the pod, I really, really appreciate that too. Um Thank you for listening to this pod. I really appreciate it. Um, like, again, let us know. Let us know you're out there. At STWARP10. You can hit us up on Twitter. You can hit us up on Instagram. Um, you know what? I don't know my email offhand, but I know we have an email. I'll make sure that uh, we get that to you next pod. Or Luke has shouted it out on a couple pods uh, from season one. I know that. So just uh, let us know how we're doing. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, that's all I got for you today. That's all we have for you today. And we'll see you next time, okay? Take care. <laughs>